He's the one guy that can match the Michigan three-point shooter, Luke Hancock. And he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, Deceiver. Oh! And that's out by Harrell. And just like that, in the blink of an eye, Louisville comes from 12 down to take the lead. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Atfield. Gabe, we have reached probably the best week. I mean, it might be the first week of March Madness, but this is like the best week in Louisville. Let's be real. I completely agree, Chris. This is a week that is so special. It is Derby week. We are here. It is two. We're recording this Tuesday night. We had the draw this morning that I almost forgot about, Chris. I saw the tweets. I was like, oh, I forgot the draw. It's Tuesday morning because I, I so remember coming home from school for years and it yeah. being like Wednesday evening on ESPN. Uh, and, and and so this, I think it's been this is like the second or third year that it's been Tuesday uh Tuesday morning, like at 11 o'clock. So it, it took a little bit of, of, of me remembering, but yeah, Chris, what, what are your like kind of vibes derby week? We'll talk, you know we're gonna talk the whole thing, but like, it's funny officially. about the draw is like every year people have these takes about how it's like the most unfair thing in sports. And they're totally right. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's more unfair than, you know, the, the NBA lottery, even it's the only really comparison I can think of to, to something to where like That's someone's comparison. I like that one. But it never really affects a horse that matters. Like, no, uh, there's there's been some bad draws for some yeah. horses, but the, it seems like there's never a favorite or a real storyline horse in those first couple of gates in that one to two hole where you don't want to be. Like, I, I mean, there's bad spots for, you know, you don't want a closer to be in a certain spot. You don't want a, a speed horse to be in a certain spot and what have you. But it's always one of those things that gets, like, overblown, and, and I don't really, really understand why. Yeah. But, um, I think outside outside of the one hole, I can I can agree with you. Yeah, the one hole dooms horses, and, yeah. and this year it's it's uh, it's a horse I was kind of excited about, War of Will. Oh yeah, so so it was a this year it was a horse for you that it actually affected. Maybe yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, so my, my son's name is William will we call him will and uh we were we were feeling pretty good and uh, of course the rumbles from the training i think uh war of will had a really bad trip in the in the louisiana derby um but i think he ran the fountain of youth before that and won that pretty going away and um so there was there was some some hope that that was just a a bad trip in the the louisiana because he got bumped around a little bit they kind of injured of some sort so yeah i got the got the one hole and i i that that is not going to be a a win play show bet anymore that is going to be a uh a 20 dollar show bet at this point yeah it's got to be one you still throw out there because those odds are oh no question he's 20 to one now so i mean they're they're obviously just going to go up I, i wanted to talk a little bit about Just like it's been it's not like a new take. It's something I've heard a little bit. And I think I'm going to further the conversation a little bit more than what I've heard. But like so like all my life, I have I have heard how horse racing needs these triple crown winners. And, and, you know, we've obviously had Justify and and American Pharaoh over the last couple of years. And, and I've heard horse racing needs triple crown winners and they need to capitalize on it. And it's something that will it, it'll 
help rebirth horse racing. And I don't have the ratings in front of me. I know they fluctuated. They went up and down over the last few years. They've been down. I don't really know how much ratings. I don't know how much I view them. Sometimes I think that even gets overblown a little bit. My, my question is like, do you think that that horse racing has capitalized on a triple crown winner the way they could, or is there anything they could have done differently? I, I, I don't know. Like, it's a weird way yeah. to kind of ask that question. It's just like, for me, this, this particular race, I want to see, like, I want an underdog to win because I don't feel like the Triple Crown winner thing has really lived up to, to what I would hoped it would be for horse racing. No, it's, I a, think, it's a long-winded question. I don't know if there's really an answer, <laughs> but yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I think the stats are there that the you know the initial american pharaoh when i believe there was like a slight increase in in ratings the next year i don't have them in front of me i could be completely off base with it so i I know, I know the ratings for like when orb won and, and 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 you had those horses that won the first two two uh two legs of the triple crown the, the ratings were just enormous and, and they're not to that level anymore so i i guess the the question is is the intrigue of the triple crown winner more valuable worse racing than the actual triple crown win itself yeah i think i think probably the the intrigue of it i think and and, and the kind of myth making that that surrounds uh you know having a triple crown winner but i do i don't know like i i, I think there's definitely some mystique uh that's been that's gone at this point you know yeah. we've had two in the past few years i think that's gone for me it's never and not to not to go all millennially but i don't i don't think that that focusing on that kind of thing is going to be what's going to bring younger audiences to uh horse racing i think kind of just not to i think this is honestly some people's like least favorite part but i think like the celebrities and the kind of the yeah. the instagram ability of of horse racing i think is yeah honest. i guess that, i guess that's kind of what i'm asking is like what is the pivot for horse racing now that you're not really promoting hey this is a triple crown winner the first time in 24 years you know that that's not there anymore so i i guess that that is kind of what i'm asking you're saying it's just kind of really really pushing that celebrity, celebrity. i think you got to push the swag you got to yeah. push the swag i think people like getting dressed up you know that that's always been a fun part that's a fun tradition of the derby people like getting dressed up people like traditions people like a reason to get dressed up and go out and have a few drinks um and, and have some fun and, and throw on some swag and, and take a picture so i think i think that's where they, they've got to underline it i i've seen some people do that to varying degrees of success I, I don't know how much you know about uh, America's best racing, Chris, on Twitter and Instagram. They're like a, a group. I think they're out of like New York and they're like kind of focused on younger people racing and huh, they've done intrigued. some 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 things. They've, they, but they're more of like kind of a media outlet at this point. But they have some uh, some younger ambassadors. But like they do like YouTube videos. The thing they've done, uh, I've, I recall them doing a video with Matt Jones, our good buddy, Matt Jones, <laughs> not too long ago, of just like recording a day at the track. And just like recording like the bets and the the ups and downs and the getting dressed up at Keeneland and having a few drinks and enjoying it. And I think that's the that's the part that's got to be done. And and actually, like to kind of jump on this, I, you know, I saw pictures of people who went to the event on Saturday at Churchill and I saw pictures of the rooftop bar. And yeah, it looked I, really dope. So and like, I, I have noticed that is something that some of the guys that are hired by 
Churchill Downs himself, some of the handicappers who are never right, by the way. You listen to the, you listen to those guys while you're at the track. I have a whole other conspiracy theory on those guys that we maybe can get to at some point. We can or not. But, yeah, they have really been pushing the, the whole rooftop bar thing. I think it looks really cool, and it's really high up. It's like the starting gate rooftop bar. Um, it's on top of the jockey suites, my understanding. Um, but if that's like, man, that's like a cool place. Hell, if I was Churchill Downs, I'd just like open that spot yeah. up. Like Fridays, every Friday and Saturday this summer, like even if there's not racing, just open that up and serve drinks because people would show up. People would come. I'm looking at I mean, I'm looking at it right now and it's it's pretty swagalicious. I would definitely definitely hit that up at some point because it's pretty nice. It's just it's curious to me that you hear such an outcry, uh, even just from people on social media about the city of Louisville and the state of Kentucky legalizing like sports gaming, but you have this whole industry of, of horse racing that's, you know, legal three to four months out of the year. And I, and I'm not sure that that really, those really line up that there's not much of an interest at, as it, and that there should be, and that there's, there's more room for Churchill Downs, particularly to, to kind of capture some of that audience. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think of Churchill, I think I, and I think Churchill will probably be the first to tell you at this point that, they'd love to have a sports book in Churchill, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's no problem there with them on that. And, and that would certainly help bring people in. But I, I do think Churchill has done a really good job of, of kind of doing what we're talking about. They have the night racing. That's been fantastic. They have the, the Thursday night events. I know during, um, you know, just people I know who are like in college, like they'll go Thursday nights with like $2 beers and $1 hot dogs, I think is what it is. And like the races start at four and end at like, eight or nine yeah and they do like eight they, they pack eight races in and people just have a good time and it's a like a it's almost like a happy hour type thing i think that's great that's the type of stuff that um those are like the you know very this is very like market researchy to say that's like what makes like young people fans and then they kind of like it's a it's it's a pool and then they get dragged in and, and then they're they're slowly but surely learning more about handicapping and um, when they're 30 years old making crazy exacto wheel bets <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like us like in our upper 20s and just spending way too much money on trifectas right yeah I mean, I, 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 mean, I mean i do think the night race has been cool it's been really cool to have U of L's campus kind of there when you have like a baseball game going on or at some points even like yeah. a like a football game going on and we'd be remiss if we didn't kind of mention a lot of that's part of the legacy that that John Asher left behind absolutely um, and something that over the last 10 years has been really good to see um for Turner down because I, I know some of the purses have been a problem at times um and I, I don't want to get too technical in the weeds about Churchill Downs financial things but um that that's been something that's that's been an issue at times and, and they have tried to work on that they have wrote risen a lot of the purses um yeah no Derby Derby's um, up again I think right yeah like a three dollars this year yeah so just something I want to mention um we, we could get to a little bit more of the fun stuff yeah um, for sure the 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 weather thing to me is just 
beautiful. We had to talk about the weather. We had to. We, <laughs> as I tweeted earlier today, uh, Weather Wars 3, Derby Drift, <laughs> it's here. <laughs> I mean, this year for me, my particular horse, we'll talk about Tactus in a little bit, but if it rains or it's a sloppy track, it's really going to change my pick. Um, so the, the weather is something I'm definitely going to be watching. And of what's, course. What's great. So I experienced this. I've been on and off Twitter. I've been battling trying to deactivate and avoid it. So I get a lot of bunch of work done early in the week and not do shit later in the week. It's been a whole deal. But I guess it was Sunday or or Monday. I see the guy Lang Goad tweet tweet the weather out. Um, who anybody could have did. This is the one that pops up in my timeline. And I, I guess this guy, so this guy is a horse racing dude because he only pops up on my timeline, like the week of Kentucky Derby. He's, <laughs> he's just out it, out in it, baby. It's funny. I'll see some guys throughout the year, but this particular guy, I see him the week of Derby, Derby, and then he's gone. It, it's really strange. But anyway, it, it has weather.com currently predicting a 90% chance of rain um, the day of the Derby, which is just a complete washout. But but the funny thing is the variance that you have across the city uh, of local weather, man, and they're all just taking wide chances. You you rarely see this from weather, man. Believe me. I mean, I, I keep yeah. up with these type of things. Um, and it's like so you have Jay Cardosi, 40 percent chance. You have Kevin Harden. 30% chance you have the folks at WHS. I don't really know who's this forecast 90%. And then you have Mark Weinberg, 60%. I just, I, I love this because I need someone on the Island saying it's definitely going to rain or there's going to be no rain. And I, it, it's beautiful. It's, most- it's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, there's there's so much there's so much variance. And listen, I mean, it's the weather I watched. I, I, I got like so mad. Um, I'm uh, Mark Weinberg of DRB was like, hey, uh, I put out a new video of what's of what the weather is going to be like. You can see it only on the WDRB app. My guy did not have the WDRB app, so I had to download that. And then it just pulls up this video where my guy, Mark Weinberg, I'm uh, I'm I'm shouting to Mark. Uh, like we, we like Mark here on the pod, but this we is not a shot Mark at Mark. But this is pure co- hashtag content right here. He he then proceeds for three minutes to explain to me why he couldn't make a real like uh, substantive forecast because <laughs> the storm that we're talking about that will affect Oaks and Derby is in Hawaii right now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, my guy, you could have just said that in a tweet. <laughs> so this was, you this was just said that this was only available on the WDR hashtag all about them clicks. <laughs> that's my guy, dude. I mean, that's, that's just sport. It's, it's hustle. It's hustle. I respect it. I would, I, I would say this has to be the most heavily traffic. It has to be the most heavily traffic traffic week for weather, man. I can only think Thunder Over Mobile would be the only close. Well, stuff. I mean, I mean, probably some of these big snowstorms, but yeah, this is definitely up there. This is this is definitely up there. Yeah. No, so it's it's interesting because you're right. Not only does this affect people going out, and and it seemed for a while like it was going to be a really clear derby and really warm. So that's that's always huge for Churchill in terms of, you know, um, having having a ton of people come out. So that, that was kind of interesting to me. Um, 
that 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 they're not. I, I wonder what Churchill like what Churchill's official forecasters are saying. Yeah, that that would be curious to know. Sorry, I just got distracted. That there are Google reviews on the, on Churchill Downs website from the days of Kentucky Derby. That and it, it's just pe- these these comments are way from, <laughs> from last year, right? We, well, the, the, there's just comments throughout the season, and it's like the women's bathroom was leaking from the wall, causing the water to be on the flood. And I'm like, bro, that's that's barely a Kentucky Derby. Derby experience. You yeah, know, that's you not. That's, 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 oh, that's, no, it's leaking. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that's nothing at all. But I, I have to check these out at some time and maybe dig a little bit more deep because there may be some interesting ones. But as you said, we had the, the, the post draw today. Um, and what are your overall just view on, you know, kind of the horses you like? <laughs> just a very broad question there. But yeah, what, I, what are you I, thinking? I've been diving into the, the the PPs a little bit. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. I really did like War of Will, um, so I'm kind of I, I, I'm, I'm super bummed about that. You sound bummed uh, about it, man. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some on, but I, I am bummed about it. Um, I'm 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 I think it's a really interesting race because I, I don't know I I think I I'll go through it with you I, the the horses I I feel like can win I, this this sort of feels to me like March Madness like yeah. yeah there could be a lot of team that that could win but there's like eight teams that I'm ninety percent sure is gonna right. one of these eight teams is gonna win so I sort of feel that way about Derby this year more than most years I think that's a deeper list just in the past few years we've had just real super favorites and I, I don't see that this year um just kind of what I, what I've seen in the pps and my general vibe so I, I'm gonna give you the horses that that I think can win so I th- and we'll see if we agree on this so improbable in the five hole maximum security in the seven tacitus in the eight uh Omaha Beach in the 12, of course, and then game winner and roadster in the 16 and 17, right? That's like seven horses, I think. Yeah, I would agree, agree with all those, but beside uh, maximum security, I, I don't think he can, can can go the distance. And then that's yeah, there's high. questions there. I mean, he's only got mile and eighth, seven, six. Yeah, looking here. So I, I can see, I, I can understand that. Just, just, just looking, I think. Um, yeah, I I, 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 I don't know. I kind of was looking at some of his speed figures. I like him. So, um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I can agree with that. So I, I, this is really, this is really wide open. So I think this is one of those that, um, I feel like, like I said, I'm like 80 to 90% sure one of those horses is going to win. Yeah. Um, it would, it's going to be really interesting to see how the, how the odds move. I always love seeing how the odds move after like the first like 48 hours or well, I guess we, we, you know, 24 hours once they, once they open up on, on Friday and, you know, and then that's kind of like really make my decision during right. the morning. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I have kind of made a, a handicapping stand that I am going to approach this race that I'm going to bet on a double digit odds um, horse um, just because yeah. I, I there has been six favorites win in a row and I just I, I'm not going to do it this year. I was so, so hit on Justify last year that I literally the Saturday before Derby, there was no way I was changing my my pick unless he got the one hole. Like I, I was so yeah. set on Justify last year and I and I did really well with that pick. But I, I, I just kind of see it that way. Um, I'm going to play some pretty sizable um, win bet on a double digit odd horse 
to win. And, and that's the way that I'm going to approach it. I'm not, I mean, I'll, I'll play exotics throughout the day. I'll play exotics on Oaks day, but for the Derby, that's, that's the way I'm going to approach it. And my horse right now, like I've told you is Tacitus. Um, yeah, he, he, he's won every race he's raced in. Um, his speed figures have improved every race that he's been in. Seems like a horse that's just not raced his best race yet. Um, he is one of the only horses in the race that has won two Derby prep races. He may be the only one. He's the only one I've seen in case I'm missing another one. I'll, I'll leave myself an out there, but he, he got bumped around in the wood and he responded and won and, and he was game to, to finish. And that, yeah, I just, I love the storyline. I like that. I think there's going to be a lot of speed on the inside and I, I think the pace is going to be blistering. And, and I think it sets up for a closer. We haven't had a closer win for quite a while. I guess it was probably orb um, exaggerator came in second. And he, he was a really true closure. And I remember that one. I can't think of another horse that's, that's been off the pace um, that won like that. So I don't know. Uh, traditionally, especially the last few years, the Derby hasn't really set up for a closure, but I, I just, I've been on this horse and, and I can't get off of it now. Yeah. I, I, love, think, the, I love the story of Bill Mott getting his, his, I was about to say, then you've got a guy in Bill Mott that, that, that has the pedigree to win, uh, to win these races. No, I, 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 I get it. I think the one concern with Tastis is, um, Especially, you know, and 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 Vacoma, who, who I think is is the real kind of early speed in this Vacoma and and Omaha Beach, I think are the real opening speed in this one. Um, you know, have a if they're going to be how if they're too far ahead, you know, in the backstretch, you know, halfway, two thirds in the backstretch, is there going to be enough? Is there enough? in it for Tacitus to, to, to go, you know, and, and, and that's where, and that's where I think where we're going to, where the weather does play a factor. If it's wet, I, you know, I think, I think things could get, things get a little sloppy and things yeah, open things up for some of them. I, I, I mean, if it's wet, it, it kind of changes my whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge, I'm not going to sit here and bet closers. If it gets wet, I'll, I'll probably at that point, to be quite honest with you, I'll probably panic and just go with Omaha beach. Cause he's the most that I've looked at. I've looked at a lot of cutting humor too i don't really cutting hate humor that. is a, is a yeah. i'm hearing some smart guy buzz from cutting yeah. humor <laughs> I, I don't hate the idea of taking a cory lannery horse to definitely hit the board um i, I just said there, your horse as well yeah yeah I, I did an impassioned plea about just doing a win bet but that that one's a little tempting code of honor is another another horse that i don't know i just keep coming back to these closing horses man um that that's what i've been hey, man, i'm a big i'm a big closer fan too i'm always I'm always be closing. Uh, I, so I, I, I have looking over this, this uh, I'm, I'm looking at the PPs. You know, Tacitus does, does keep coming up. Cause I, I love closing speed. I'm a big, I'm always a big fan of closing. Speed. Is it, is it war of will or tax? Do either one of those have early speed? I, I couldn't remember if I saw that correctly or not. No, I don't. War of wills get, or um, war of will and, and tax. Both, both will be kind of hanging back. Okay. Um, I think your speed is going to come from Macoma, yeah. um, Omaha Beach, um, and then also sort of the outside, the Roadster for sure, I think will yeah. be out there. And, I mean, unless unless one of those horses in the early po- post make the decision to go to the front, because, I mean, you have to make a pretty quick decision mm-hmm. there with all the horses collapsing on you. So you either see them fall back immediately or go straight to the lead. Um uh, one of the two. It's really the only two choices you have. <laughs> pretty much, pretty yeah. much. No, it's it's going to be really interesting and um, 
you know, maybe we, <laughs> the, the weather just it's 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 so weird because it, it, I think this year more than most is, is really going to affect this. Race. Yeah. I mean, when you have a, a wide open race like this. I don't know. I just kind of think you're a fool to to take the odds on favor in a 20 horse race when we we've sat here and talked about all week, and not just me and you, anyone else about how this this derby more than most uh, is pretty open. Um, and I, I think I don't know. I think the derby needs it, it needs an upset winner. I, oh, I think we need. I think we definitely. I think we definitely could use a, a two three horse you know, down the final stretch yeah. battle, a gunning battle. Like I, I completely agree with you on it. I, I, I do have, I do have favorite fatigue. I do have favorite fatigue. I do love the story of Omaha beach though. I, I keep coming back to that. I keep coming back to Richard Mandela. Who's not, you know, got a lot of local connections um, and is a very well-respected guy around here has never won the Derby. He's gotten close. Also love like the story that, um, uh, that uh, that Ortiz is is on, or I'm sorry, Mike Smith is on yeah. uh, Omaha Beach, and to, instead of going with the Baffert horse as he as and he's done in the past, that's another thing that I wanted to like hit on is that that could be a whole other like cool thing that could spark some type of rivalry that would be cool for horse horse racing in this triple crown stretch is if you see you know a, a bitter bob bafford hell i don't know why i'd be bitter after a triple crown winner but a, a bitter bob bafford w- without mike smith uh making the last minute decision to, to get on a different horse and winning the derby and, and then bafford coming back obviously skipping the preness because that's what these guys do. And then yeah. coming back with a fresh horse in the Belmont um, and, and trying to, to kill that shot of a, a triple crown there. That would, that would, that would be something fun um, to see too. But, but yeah, I mean, that, that's an, that's always something that is worth watching. I, I don't know. I, I hear it both ways. I hear that these jockeys are kind of just guessing like me and you, but I have a hard time believing it's, it's that simple. I, I think they have a general idea of a horse that's going to compete more uh, effectively in the Derby than another one. No, absolutely. And I think also, I think this is a, a unique year for Baffert where, um, you know, he's got two horses um, in, in game winner and in, Ro- in roadster that are, are, you know, up there um, in, in class. And I think are probably what third, you know, third and fourth favorite yeah. or second yeah. and third and f- or fourth favorite. Um, and, and we'll continue to be up there in the favorites. So I, I wonder, you know, I wonder if Mike kind of, um, you know, Mike Smith just figured, I don't, I don't want to pick the wrong one of these two. So I'll pick the horse that I've had for a while in okay. Omaha beach. And, you know, I, I, I get that. It's, it's, I love it, man. I love just like pouring into this, into this thing and deciding, cause you can, you got to create your own story. You got to create, you got to create the story of the race that you're that you believe that you're going to see. And in a, in a 20 horse race, that's, man, that's, it's like a needle in a haystack. And I miss, I miss that, that feeling that, that anything could happen. And it, it has felt in the past few years that, that the, that things were inevitable, that right. justify was going to win. Right. American Pharaoh was going to win. And, um, I miss, I miss the, I have missed that feeling of feeling good about a double digit, feeling a lot better about a, a double digit odds horse, 
um, than I than I've had. As as we were joking before, I was a Vino Rosso stand last year, <laughs> and uh, and that, that I, I knew that was a losing effort pretty <laughs> pretty much right away. Right. Um, but you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple things that I'll be watching daily racing form will will come out with their pace projector um, tomorrow or or the next day after, and that's something I've always paid a lot of attention to, and I think I'll pay more attention to it this year um, because I'm looking at a closer. So I, I want to see a fast base projected. I want to see uh, you know 27 second splits and stuff like that. So that's something I'll be looking at. Um, the storyline, uh, I think it was the last three horses that have won the Derby have all have never have came in undefeated. Um, so you have Tactus, Tactus, uh, Maximum Security, and there's another horse that is undefeated that I'm missing here. I think it is. Uh, it might be ga- might be game winner. No, no, I, it's I not game winner. I, I, I thought it was Roadster and I clicked and Roadster uh, hmm. lost in. Um, in September of last year. Now I'm trying to think, is it, is it plus good parfait? No, no, no. Negatory. I'm not exactly sure who it is. I'm um, just going to keep clicking these until I tell you what it is, to be honest. No, I, I saw the, I saw the stat today. Um, and I wanted to make sure we circled around and then I had to close all my tabs before we started because we had some malfunctions here. So I, I lost it there, <laughs> but we can get to it uh, at some point. But um, I think those are the only two. I'm, I went through them all. Those are the only two. OK, they, they could be the only two. But yeah, I mean, this year, I, I, like we both kind of said, more open than most. Um, I think whatever you do, far be it from me to tell you who to bet on. But I, I think whatever you do, you do give yourself a, a reasonable chance with with a pretty long shot. I mean, it, nothing. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I, I think you're kind of doing a disservice. No, yeah, there's a chance. Yeah. There is a chance to get real fun with these exotics. I mean, like, you know, like we're saying, these odds are going to change. So, um, yeah. you know. It, it will be it will be super interesting to see who the smart the smart guys head to. That's that's why I always love I always love kind of seeing who kind of zooms up a little bit. You know, um, maybe who's who's overperforming in the odds, and maybe who who you couldn't get at a better price um, earlier. So that will be super interesting to me. What do you wanna What do you wanna say about VJ King? <laughs> since since we last um, spoke, uh, we had a departure from the Louisville basketball team, and and VJ King, I think a lot of us expected it, but we got the official word. So, what are your What are your kind of uh, general opinion on that? Yeah, so VJ King, yeah, uh, transferring. I I I tweeted it out, um, sort of my initial vibe of of what I thought. Um, and um, I feel pretty, you know, it just it, it, VJ kind of randomly just started playing more in mid-February. You know, he just kind of went from not playing at all, uh, literally in, in, in one game to to playing a lot. And I thought that was interesting. And I went, when I went back and I looked at his Ken Palm profile and I, I think, I think this is, this is the best move for him. And I think the, the players, both, I'm excuse me, the coaching staff recognize that. And that's why he kind of started playing um, kind of all of a sudden. Yeah. So he did not play. Um, he went from not playing. He, he played seven minutes in the win against Virginia tech, one minute in the loss to Florida state, no minutes against Duke, two minutes against Clemson, and then 10 minutes against Syracuse. 
He didn't play against Virginia. And then he didn't, uh, I guess there's one game where he played 10 minutes, uh, Virginia, but outside of that, he was playing 15 minutes a game at least. Um, excuse me against Minnesota. Also, he only played nine minutes, but it felt like he was being featured in a unique way. And no, I, I thought it was a great point that you, you yeah. Said. So it felt like he was being featured in a unique way. And it felt like it was kind of like, we've got to get VJ stock up so he can find a good opportunity for him, for himself, either in the, in an NBA draft, which I, I let's be real on VJ King is not getting drafted uh, or at, at another school. And you know, everything that has been written about VJ King, the fantastic Jeff Greer article, um, which I think is kind of the definitive VJ King profile at this point, um, points to the fact that it was all mental for him. He was working out, really ha- working out really hard. Uh, you know, we joked a lot about VJ King putting on 15 pounds of muscle, but he did it. And he, uh, he was there for the team and he was, um, you know, the times that he did succeed, Chris Mack was super positive on him. The times that he failed, Chris Mack, you know, went easy on him because he knew he, you know, he knew sort of what, what going hard on, on VJ would mean for his psyche. And it's pretty clear that, uh, that that was that was it was all mental. So I, I'm okay with VJ going. Um, I don't kind of buy the. I I, I don't know. I, I saw some poo pooing of Louisville fans. Uh, you know, kind of in how they treated VJ King. I don't think. I think that was a very small group of people. Um, some of them uh, louder than others in terms of their displeasure for VJ. Wait, wait, wait. What do, what do you mean by that? Like that that people were too hard on him? Yeah. No, oh, there was oh, oh no, 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 no. I, I, I don't believe that at all. No, like, I mean listen, listen, VJ VJ committed at a at a tough time for Louisville and, and he will always be appreciated for that. But I, I do I do not I don't think I'm trying to say this in the right way. I don't think there was unwarranted pressure put on him. I don't fault local fans for wanting for 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 feeling the angst that another McDonald's All American was not performing. Right, and I mean it would. He had total and full fan support. They never. I mean, it wasn't like the fans ever really got down on him. It may have been a little bit overwhelming at times because they were so just at the grasp to cheer something for positive. The guy gets a rebound and there's a standing ovation, the Yum Center. That may have been a little bit more where they were referring to, but for local basketball fans to have the expectation that a guy is junior year is a starter, a former McDonald's all American five star. I, I don't think that's, that's outrageous at all. No. I, I yeah. And that's their expectations. We're, we're on the same page here. So I, I think, you know, I just, I'm trying to say this in the right way. I, I just, I, I you know, it's it's for the best. It's just it's for the best for everyone. And I wish VJ nothing but success, but definitely don't blame Louisville fans who got frustrated. That's just, you know, to the degree that their kids like, you know, listen, their kids, you know, I don't I don't think Louisville fans were too hard on VJ. Um, some people, you know, probably said some things they regret, but I think that has been said about just about every person who's ever yeah. suited up for their, for college. I mean, you know, that's college basketball, <laughs> that's brother, college especially, basketball. especially at the, I mean, it, any school you go and play in the ACC, you go play in Boston college. There's going to be people saying bad things about you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just the reality of the thing. No, I think, 
I don't think there's really any other take that you can have that it's the best situation for both schools. I do find it intriguing where BJ King's going to kind of land on his feet because I'm not sure I buy um, that we're really going to see him at a high major program again. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a Cincinnati, a Georgetown, something like that um, would be a little bit more of a mix. But if he if he ended up at a place like a um, – I, I this is literally just throwing a name out there. If he ended up in a place like a Kansas or something like that, I'd be a little bit surprised. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 no, I don't. I don't think that's honest. happening. I, I heard someone mention uh, Mariel Shayok um, in comparison, a similar situation to VJ King. I don't necessarily agree with that because um, I think Mariel Shayok um, was was decently effective as Virginia's kind of sixth man. Yeah. Um, last season. And I, I don't I don't see VJ King being able to take over a, a high major school um, like I mean, Iowa State was, was, you know, performed really well this year because of Mario Shayok. And I just don't see that. Now, I, I think, yeah, I think Cincinnati is a good one. Um, definitely probably could be going closer to home. Virginia, um, maybe Virginia I mean, Commonwealth, I, maybe he, he uh, maybe go, Georgetown. Yeah, he could go to one of those schools, but I, I don't think he'll play at one of those schools if he goes. I think the ideal situation for DJ King would be a place where he, he can have the ball in his hands a lot. And he has the opportunity to beat people off the dribble um, because it, his shot kind of came and went at Louisville. Even when he was good, he was never a great shooter. He, he really relied on getting to the basket. And that that's how he's the most effective. Um, so I, I think a situation like that um, would be the best for him. So I completely it, agree. It, it, yeah, it, I'm just looking, it, just looking, you know, because he's from Virginia. Just looking at, uh, right? He's from Virginia. That's, I know he went to. He, he's from Cleveland. He has family in. Virginia. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm being yeah. completely crazy. I no, don't. I, I mean, you're not. He has he has family ties in Virginia. I know his mom lives there, so I'm not really oh, okay. sure where that comes from. Um, but yeah, he's from Cleveland. Um, so yeah, because he went to LeBron School. My fault. I'm I'm crazy. Maybe it's Ohio State. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, that, that no, but like you know, maybe maybe Dayton, maybe Toledo. I'm not, I'm you know I'm thinking about schools that are you know kind of yeah. mid to high level um, you know yeah. majors. You know that that could be that could, right right state. Maybe I don't know. You know. I think the 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 whole like Chris Mack thing, playing him and giving it an opportunity to shine is interesting though um, because it does give you a little glimpse. And to Chris Mack's approach with some guys, it kind of gives you a little bit of a warm and fuzzy feeling inside that, you know, he's just not going to like completely abandon one of his players. Um, I, that's extremely cheesy, but that's a cool feeling to have as a fan that it's he's coaching guys and he cares about him. Uh, no, I can't. Very, I completely very simple agree. thing um, that I'm not sure you really you, you see for everyone. So I like this that. was not a Ryan Harrow situation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to take that shot. My bad. Butcher, for that matter, we can. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's enough about BJ King. Um, Let's talk really quickly about football because football's kind of had a few things the past few days, right? Um, Yeah, the scholarship video, Chris. I'm a sucker for scholarship videos. Yeah, and listen, I, I everyone loves to talk about culture. But it's things like this that back it up that make me feel like it's not just bullshit. So 
seeing this video of if you haven't seen it, it's, uh, you know, Scott Satterfield giving out some T-shirts to uh, he's get quote unquote some T-shirts to a few guys that have been working really hard. They happen to be three walk ons who are receiving full scholarships. And it's an emotional moment uh, for these three gentlemen who have obviously put in their hard work um, in the program in the past few months since Scott's taken over and they've earned a scholarship for the next year. And that's that's obviously a huge thing for for a kid and and, and um, you know um, don't know these guys backgrounds but but any any person I think who who takes a a walk-on role that to to be able to re- become a scholarship player I think is huge um, so what was you did you have any kind of takeaway Chris did you, do you, you agree maybe that this is a, a Man, good it, culture being built I mean it, it's just a positive thing that these guys know where Scott Satterfield's office is and they have his <laughs> phone number for one so the scholarship video is a whole other level um, the t-shirt thing was cool. I, I wonder if you wear the t-shirts or you keep them or you frame them or what happens with them. That's a frame. Because that's I, a frame I, for me. I, I don't think I've ever seen, like you see the scholarship videos pop up, especially this time of year. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen like t-shirts handed out to that, that say like scholarship. So that was like a unique, like little, little twist there. But man, like, I don't know. It, it It's good. Any. Any positive stuff you're going to feed me on Scott Satterfield to give me some positive momentum and to get me feeling good, I'm going to welcome it with warm arms because, as I've told you, I'm remaining pretty mum um, throughout most of the season. I, I want to see competition, but you want to see stuff like this. Like, this is good. Yes, is, these are the is, good These are the good first steps. These are the good um, the good baby steps uh, that build that build like the foundation that you're looking for. And, um, and, you know, there wasn't much foundation there as, yeah. as, as uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is Satterfield said today that the, the Louisville defense was the one of the worst he's ever seen. I think, um, I don't, I think he told Diener that this morning. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I agree with you coach who was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was a perversion of, uh, American football defense, uh, in any sense of the word. So yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it just I know we've talked about it like five times at this point, but I just sometimes I just sit there. I'm like, how did we let Bobby Petrino swindle us again? man? Yeah, I mean, how did we do that? We'll get more nitty gritty like into football as it gets closer. Um, But you you don't want to break down the right tackle race that's happening. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about that right now to tell you how cynical <laughs> I was cynical towards football. Then, literally, like my first thought when I saw that video was, if this was Rick Matino, he'd just go find a rich kid on the team and ask him to like his parents to pay for a year of college so yeah. another guy could have a scholarship. That that's literally what I thought of, and I'm just like. <laughs> Chris, you've got to stop being so cynical. Um, yeah. Well, wait, one last thing. I totally forgot. No, unless you got something else to mention on. on no, this. No, go, no, go ahead. I totally forgot. We uh, Louisville got its 2020 quarterback. Yeah. And we should mention that well, Carter's is, quarterback. T. We can talk about for. Yeah, time. this is something we can talk about here. That's not just uh, not just hogwash. So this guy, T. Webb, who uh, took over for uh, Trevor Lawrence, my least favorite quarterback in the history ever. I'm so t- I'm already so tired of seeing that guy for the next two years, and we've only seen him for one year. I'm so sick of it. Every oh time. my 
Yeah. on the football field. I'm right there with you, dude. Dabo can go to hell. I'm so tired of it. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Getting paid more than anyone Dabo. But yeah, so this kid is, um, you know, he's a hard commit for the, so he, he's going, he's a junior this year going into a senior year. He's a three-star now. The vibe I get is they expect him to be a four-star. Yeah. And which is good, you know, I mean, he's currently ranked as um, the 29th pro style quarterback in the country in 24 seven sports. Um, it looks like what he's a, is he a high, um, a high three stars, 8.86. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. It's relatively high. I think it, yeah, yeah, 80, 80 yeah, to 89 yeah. is, is yeah. sorry. So um, I'm all about this dude, man. <laughs> I, I seriously, like I, I watched like, 10 minutes of his highlight videos and without, I'm not a quarterback whisperer or or anything (laughs) like that, but watching those videos, this dude can sling it. He's six, four, he's six, Uh, four, which I'm, I'm like number one. Uh, Yeah. I mean, offers from Miami. Um, this isn't like, I I don't need to look at like the, the, the stars in football as much as I do in basketball. I look at more of the offers and this guy had offers from Rutgers, um, which I mean, yeah, he, but he offers from Miami, Syracuse, Kansas state. And it's also important to note that, that, that the Miami guy who recruited him is, is with Bama now. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a good talent, you know, a, a good scout of talent. Yeah, I mean, he's got some good offers. It seems like he, he might have had some more coming uh, Georgia Tech, Kansas State, you know. You know, the, the, the best thing about this guy is, though, in, in 247's national rating, so like every position, you know what he rates? What? 502. Oh, man. I just saw that. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, amazing. Uh, that, that's that's beautiful. I don't think he really had a choice but to go anywhere else. So I'm not sure if I want those recruiting rates to change at all. Anyway, to be <laughs> I honest. don't want those recruiting rankings to change one bit. Just let that guy be five or two. But yeah, yeah T Webb. Also, uh, as I was joking earlier today on Twitter, I'm a big fan of when the the name your your recruit's name is good. Yeah. Uh, so T Webb, good name. That's a good name, T Webb. <laughs> He looks like someone hit it off the tee. Like, you know, come on. Like, that's going to be <laughs> that was corny as hell. But we did it. We did it. No, he, he looks like someone. And I can't I can't put my he looks like he looks like 90s grunge music. Yeah, he does. There's he's got a look and yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to to seeing yeah. how that evolves. But yeah, that was fun, and it seems um, it's it's sort of also the vibe I got is that he's pretty popular around the state of of Georgia yeah. with other recruits, and um, he's friends with a few guys who they're looking at as well. So that's always good. That's that's less of an, a thing I think in football than than basketball. But that was something I read on on the forum when I was reading. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's that's about it for football. Uh, do, do we want to touch on these Airbnb rules real quick? No, I, I think we do because it's like the first time I've heard any type of uh, regulations come out. Yeah, uh, on Airbnbs in the before, city. Wait, so I think it's worth mentioning. Before we talk about this, I have an Airbnb related story, so I'm gonna, I'm going to tell a story because uh, it's I, Derby Week. I, I stayed at a Nightmares one a few weeks ago. Uh, oh but, yeah, uh, but go ahead and your No, yeah. this is well, this is like my this week story. So uh, Derby Week happening, uh, as as a lot of people I'm sure who listen are aware, you can make very good money 
uh, leasing your house out on Airbnb uh, to strangers. And as a person who bought a house last year, has a child this year, you know, um, this year uh, would like some some spare cash, Uh, came up with a good idea with with my wife. Hey, let's put up the the house on Airbnb. Uh, We've got plenty of space. We decided we could sit. We could advertise for eight people spent like a good, you know, several hours, both her and I doing various different things to to make this, um, you know, make this listing and everything at the beginning of last month. So we kind of late to the game. We had a few nibbles. One person who was like, hey, I'm just going to go to Derby and I want a place to crash. Can I just crash for one night? Said, no, my guy, I want more than one day uh, (laughs) money. I'm sorry. I said no. And then like two weeks ago, I have a, a gentleman I'm not going to name reach out to me and not that he's ever going to listen to this and say, Hey, I'm super interested in this. Uh, Could you tell me how close it is to Churchill? Um, Told him, you know, I just looked up Google maps 15 minutes away, blah, blah, blah. It's like, great. I think we're going to book with my friends. There's eight of us, but I got to get some, I've got to get like the money together. I was like, okay, that sounds a little weird. And I, and I, well, I, I talked to my wife, talked to a few other people and, the, and they all kind of agreed that it is a little bit odd, but also like if you're going to pay half, you, I think Airbnb, you pay like half up front. I'm pretty sure yeah, you can if you're going to do that, you want to have like your money. You want to make sure people are committed, have some money into you. Cause it's, you know, we were, we were charging a, a you know, a, a, a significant sum of money. Um, it was going to cost these people. Um, so he tells me Friday, as you should, you know, by yeah, the way, as, as I should, <laughs> it's at, Derby week, get that someone, someone's offering their house of the pool for $10,000 for, for yeah. Derby week. So I, I was nowhere near that, but I, I was going to, I was going to enjoy my time with the money. The, the, the bully, the bully County, the Shepherdsville holiday in two 30 a night. Yeah. So this yeah. is, but, but go ahead. Yeah. So a few days, you know, this was, I think Tuesday he reached out. So I reach out to him on Thursday. Keep in mind, I'm like holding the spot for him this whole week. I'm like holding it for him, making sure that he um, that no one else books, you know, just just holding it for him. I took it off of the the, the visibility. So if you were searching for a house that Derby week, you wouldn't have, have seen our house during this period of time. So. Thursday comes around and I'm just confirming with him. Hey, just want to make sure you're still interested. Um, and also if there's anything you want me to set up, like restaurants, anything like that, please, uh, please uh, let me know. He's like, yeah, I don't think we're interested in any restaurants, but could you let me know like the best pizza places? And, <laughs> and that was like red flag. I was like, okay, this is a little bit odd, but I like passed myself off. Uh, given the fact that he was still committed, he told me. You could have sent him the send him the barstool. Um, I could have sent him the barstool sports app and say, "Hey, here's this the one bite app. You can find yeah. the pizza. Um, <laughs> do it yourself." Uh, so you know what happens next. Friday morning rolls around, and he tells me, "I got a buddy that found a cheaper place." And I'm like, bro, bro. And I just wrote this like really. Should I read it? Should I read this note I wrote? You, you could you could read if you said to this. You don't have to read. This is very this is very morning just, radio just, of just, me. I apologize. Just but. give me the highlights here. 
This is, yeah, this is this is very Drew Diener just took a week trip. This is this is who you are right now. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, but I I, I do want to hear how it's very how, infl- how inflamed you were um, with the text. So it's so very give me, passive. So give me the highlights. It's very passive aggressive. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say this gentleman's name, um, but I'm gonna say so, Eric. Um, I completely understand wanting to look for the cheapest and best place for you to stay for Derby. However, I can't help but feel that you led me along this week as I was holding the space for you. As a part of the Airbnb pre-approval process, I had to block out the day for rental for others and we had already begun preparing our home for you and your party. Airbnb also allows me to extend the special deals. This is true. And perhaps if you told me you're interested in another listing, I could have matched that rate. But alas, sometimes these things don't work out. I sincerely wish you all the best and hope you enjoy our city in a beautiful time of year. <laughs> you could have been stronger. But that, I could have been stronger. That, that, that's fair enough. So, so yeah, so that's so, my Airbnb so the story. House, the house is no longer listed. The house is no longer listed. I'm so tired. I'm just it tired. I got so mad. And even I think actually it is listed. But no one's. I mean, what? It's it's Tuesday. No one's gonna. No one's gonna accept it. So yeah. So that was a great intro to this. I this Airbnb rule, which uh, Chris. I mean, what? Uh, the gist is that permanent Airbnb residences, like places that are just owned um, to be Airbnbs, have to now be six hundred feet apart. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's I've I've seen it. I've actually been a little bit hip to this in some other cities because this is a very like uh, weird thing for me because it's almost like uh, it's a my progressive side meeting yeah. a different side of me, and I'm not sure which side that is. It's like, hey, <laughs> cost of living, but hey, I want Airbnb to succeed because it's good for cities. It's a weird like weird deal with me, but yeah. Before we get into that, yes, you are correct. Um, it, it is basically to make sure that there are not like wholesale streets just all airbnbs essentially you know i I don't know that that's been the case ever in louisville that you're just going to see a consecutive street full of airbnbs but it's to avoid that yes which is interesting and i completely agree with you because and i've had this discussion with people and we even had this discussion when we were like initially talking about excuse me about this rule because it's seeing i i can i can completely understand um you know, not wanting to overrun neighborhoods with Airbnbs. We talked a little bit about the um, the NFL draft, uh, which was is like a completely different topic. Yeah, uh, about Nashville. About Nashville. Nashville is overrun with Airbnbs. It's it's literally I've stayed in an Airbnb in Nashville that was surrounded by four other Airbnbs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been ch- chastised because I'm leaving Louisville Derby week, but Nashville is one of the places I'm going along our mini little road trip. <laughs> the the weekend of derby and yeah it, it's ridiculous um just to stay a few nights there so yeah yeah and so i i can understand not wanting nulu to become what east nashville is now completely get it i also i don't know man especially with how easy it is i do i listen i i think I guess if it's not a permanent residence, it's not, I, I can kind of, I can kind of live with that. It's not permanent. I was a little worried. Yeah. It was going to be like anybody who had a residence, you know, let's not, let's, you got to be 600 feet apart, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Cause like, 
Well, what's so funny about this is like the the general population of Louisville would have zero opinion on Airbnb, but you have stuff like Top Golf that has been such a hot button issue. But I'm like, <laughs> Airbnb should be a lot more concerning to you that maybe your neighborhood is full of Airbnbs and it's driving the cost of living up, yeah, to a whole other level. I mean. I, I didn't really want to step on what you were kind of the point you were going down there, but like, Oh no, no. Yeah. Something that I, I, pops into my mind is the places around like national parks, like whitefish, Montana. It's 32 minutes from Glacier national park. You've never been to Glacier national park. You should go. It's absolutely extraordinary. Went there a year ago. Heard there, are, things. there are 950, 52 listings for Airbnb places. That is a population of 7,500 people in that town. That's so there are almost a thousand Airbnb listings for a population of a town that's not even 8,000. So, I mean, that town is a high school. It has normal people. There are people living there. There are people working. So that that is the, the where it, it is too much. But But at the same time, you want things like this to exist. I mean, it's good. You you want competition for hotels. I I, I don't want to liken it to the Uber like taxi situation because I'm less like informed on that. But it it, it is similar to that situation because, hey, I don't want all these taxi drivers to lose their jobs. But I do want competition for something that gives me a cheaper rate and gives me options. Well, I do. I mean, that's a selfish part of me, but it's the real part. Well, yeah, not to get all economics on you, but I do think that there's an inherent difference given the fact that Uber sets the rates for the drivers. Yeah. If you're an Airbnb owner, you get to set the rate for your home. Right. So you're, you're putting the power more. Than you're putting the value, them. you're yeah. valuing your, your time yeah. and your, your opportunity cost That's as opposed to Uber thing. being able to say to people like they're going to this weekend, Hey, come, come work and we'll give you a thousand dollars. And then on Monday, like, Oh, we meant like work, 30 hours in a 40 hour span, you know, like it's, it's there. Sounds like another they set the rules. Check out at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a, that was a story last year that they, uh, they swindled some people every, or two years ago. I think it was two years ago. It was an absolute disaster. I went to the Derby and that I went as well. Yeah. Nice. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we will talk about that a different time, but yeah, so I completely agree. And you told me that story and I actually went, wh- who, where did I go? Look, um, I looked around cause I actually was looking at Airbnbs and going to Seattle and I looked around the national, I forget which national park it is up in Washington. I think it's. Oh, uh, Mount St. Uh, Helens. No, maybe I don't remember the name, but, um, I looked around there and it's like the same sort of thing. Like these small towns that are overrun with Airbnbs. Um, (coughs) excuse me. And so I can completely, I think like a rule like this, like can completely help out some of those Olympic, places. Olympic National Park. Olympic National yeah, Park. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But man, like, like, like if if you look, yeah, that that's I, I spent some time working in Yellowstone last year, right. um, and and that's something that was really a big deal to some. Of, it was a really big concern to some of the citizens there. Um, I, I had a few conversations with people that lived in a town called Gardner, um, which is right outside Yellowstone National Park. And the cost of living there is just being driven up to exorbitant rates. Um, Landlords are coming in and raising 
people's rents with a one month notice and, and these people don't have places to live. It's a real thing that's happening. Um, and it, it's hard to say that it's not a result yeah. of Airbnb because it kind of is. Um, so th- there has to be some type of happy medium. And that's that's something that I, I'm not sure I have a solution for. Um, I, I know there needs to be one, but I, I don't know really know what it could be. But this seems like this seems like a pretty fair. Um, yeah, th- th- this seems like common sense. It was it seemingly supported. I think what it passed like twenty two to one. Yep. Um So so both both sides. Your guy um, from the Highlands, Brandon Cohen, right? Maybe. I think that was the council member who introduced it. I think it was Brandon Cohen. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And, and and his neighborhood is is one of the ones obviously that is is most heavily affected. So I think um, his support is is of a real note and real interest. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, it, it's a good rule. I think we, we, you know, like you said, I don't I don't have all the solutions. Um, you know, we're not economists here, but I, I think that's like one of those small things. I was like a good little thing for Louisville. And, and we talked it's part of the it's probably part of a bigger conversation that we could we could literally spend an hour about. Um, yeah with you know in terms of what we want louisville to be um and comparing it to nashville but um i don't want louisville to be nashville for again that's a whole other podcast and we're we're gonna get to that podcast this summer because that that sparked a whole conversation on twitter amongst me and a few other people and that that's something i really want to talk about yeah yeah and I, i enjoy nashville but i don't you know and um I don't think Nashville having the NFL draft is necessarily. Uh, I don't think I don't want Louisville. I don't think Louisville needs to have the NFL draft <laughs> to prove itself as a as a as an interesting city. <laughs> All right, Chris, we we've dabbled in politics a little bit with that Airbnb conversation, but we definitely wanted to close the show. We're talking about the governor's debates and the governor's race. Uh, we are like 12 minutes away from May, which means we're like 21 days, excuse me, from the, the democratic primary. And we've had two governor's debates. One last week that was hosted by our good friend, Matt Jones. I like calling Matt Jones, our good friend. I'm just going to keep doing that. Even though I, I think it's, I think it's good. I think that's I think a it's great, a good, that, it's a good that, that, that's a great pet name for him. It's a good bit. It's uh, yeah. he, he's a good friend, Matt Jones. And then one that was hosted uh, just this this evening uh, by WDRB, um, but I'm forgetting. I literally uh, L.A. Reports is the LA, guy on Twitter. L.A. Smith, LA Smith reports yeah. on Twitter, and then another a, a a young woman who's who I don't follow on Twitter. So my name is uh, the name is escaping me. By the way, do uh, you think these debates should be advertised better than they have been? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Because uh, I, 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 I didn't even know the debate was going on. I didn't see a single person. I oh, I saw no non-media people tweeting about it. Not a single person. Okay. Um, cool. I think the 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 Hey Kentucky debate, the Matt Jones debate, is definitely going to be the most watched one. Uh, Matt Jones was pretty adamant in saying that he got a lot of um, a lot of he's feedback running. and a lot he's, of sh- he's running. That's another conversation, but Amy, Amy appears <laughs> to also be running. Um, he's running, man. He's running. That's a, a good, a good Dan Weigel. Uh, we will, we we won't fall into that right now. We'll, we'll, we won't follow that one. But uh, yeah, probably. But uh, okay, so Chris, what are your 
I know you said you watched the first debate and I went back and I like kind of listened to it on YouTube, but honestly didn't like take notes or anything. Yep. But uh, I was kind of just here alone with my son and I was able to catch the vast majority of the debate tonight. So I, I can probably speak to that one a lot more, um, you know, and we'll, we'll intercede. But what is your what is your general vibe? I know we have a few notes here. Dude, for uh, like the still like the first 10 minutes, I'm just like. Uh, Jack Nicholson and the shining red rum, red rum. And it's just Andy Bashir's a robot. Andy Bashir's a robot. Andy <laughs> Bashir's a robot. Like this guy, I, I, I don't know what else to say about him. This isn't even a, Hey, uh, this isn't even, I'm supporting Adam Elon take. This is just like, I, I can't look at this guy and anything he says doesn't feel in passion. It doesn't feel real. It feels like it's been orchestrated. It doesn't even feel like the answers are, are legitimate. I mean, the very first question he's asked, I can't even remember exactly what it was. I should have had it written down. And I think I did at one point, but I must have lost a note or whatever. But he's asked something about the pension, um, something along those lines. And it's a two minute answer, standard form for debate. And he goes into this passion plea about who he is and who his father is and gives zero answer about the pension and what he could do to solve it. And I'm just like, bro. Yeah. Like, give me some emotion. Give me something. As we said on the last podcast, that he is Jeb Bush, but dude, it feels like it. I mean, he, he, another thing that isn't related to this debate, he brings out his father a lot. A, a lot. Actually, he was physically and, yeah. and, and but, in the debates. Yeah. Was that, a, that I think you're referring to that event uh, that was hosted. I'm, I, I think La Casita hosted it in their local yeah. um, group for, for Latin American um, immigrants and, and, you know, people of Hispanic descent in Louisville. And they had a debate and, um, Adam Eden was the only one who showed up, but like Steve Brashear, like former governor Brashear showed up on behalf of Andy. And it's just like, it kind of went vaguely viral. I feel like it just, people are just like, why are you showing up? Like that's it's just a, a no go, man. It's an interesting testament to, I think if Andy Bashir wins this election, I don't think there will be any denying that it's off name recognition. And I, I mean, that's obviously an easy take to, to have. But it, another thing is it'll, it'll just tell you kind of how poorly the state of Kentucky pays attention to state elections. I, I would hate to say, and I hate to be so cryptic, but the way he has ran, the way he spoke, the things he has, like the, the money he's raised, he has no business winning this election, man. He's definitely running the. I mean, so like, so like to be devil's advocate, he's definitely running the do as little pot. Like don't make reaches because that kind of exposes himself. Right. So So I I can see where it is, but I completely agree with you. No, no, just to say real quick, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You're good. So I think the thing about him is he's he is so quick to reach back on some on 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 his on his notes. And I think that's what you're getting at here. And listen, I, he's the only one to me who has like the real experience of saying I've stood up to Matt Bevin because he's in Frankfurt right now. He's literally the guy who can do that more than anyone else right. uh, in the state, which I kind of. I don't know. I kind of wish that the other two candidates had kind of been like, that's kind of a cop out. You're kind of in this position. Any of us would have done the same thing, you know, like, it's, it's, um, so I don't necessarily, I, I kind of, I kind of wish both guys have kind of done, done that, but no, you're right. He's, 
he's an absolute he's an absolute robot and and for, I, I, he doesn't know it. There's no emotion. And, and I think we've reached a point in politics where, um, and nationally the people who kind of align with what, what we, what we believe, um, have been empathetic, have been people who you can connect with. I, I, um, I have a real hard time connecting with Andy Bashir when he talks. I, I do. I mean, if you want, and he's, you want he's the, boring to me. If you want the Democratic comparison, it's like John Kerry or, or something along those lines. He, he, boring. Or even, I mean, even even Hillary Clinton to a yeah. degree. Yeah, that, that that that's fair enough. I mean, before before the debate, some of these were answered, but I just had a few like hot button issues that we really didn't have a stance from him on. They, they were kind of listed on his website, but they were a little vague. He wasn't really on the record. We didn't really have a stance on abortion. We didn't really have a stance on environment or, or climate change or anything along those lines, how he felt about those. We had a little bit general on crime. I don't think any of these candidates have really said much about gun control. Um, that, that was another thing I had written down. So, uh, um, I think Edelin, Edelin said, if I recall, in the Hey Kentucky debate that he was against the rule that um that law that was passed um that basically turned yeah, yeah. he's i think he said like it turns kentucky into the wild west right um but um bashir did say he did say in this debate tonight he did say that he well, was well, pro-choice we did get, yeah we did get a few things in the debate i, I was just kind of saying before to, it, it took that long to to get the man and say he's pro-choice that's a okay okay i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. that makes no i it, it's definitely the case and it's and I did I did a little bit of like research the other day, just kind of us poking around the thing. The reason why Matt Bevin is governor is because people didn't show up in Louisville. <laughs> if good. you you literally can go and you can see the like tens of thousands, it's several like I think like 30,000 votes in between. 2000, you know, in 2011, when Bashir won his 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 final term and then 2015, the drop of like turnout for Democrats in Louisville was huge. It was, you know, like 20, 30 percent. They lost like 30,000 votes. That's something that can't happen. Like right. you got to have those guys come back out and you can make up the votes in Louisville. And those people, I guarantee you, the people who didn't show up are are younger people. Well, I mean, younger people don't necessarily vote in Kentucky, but I, I'm talking about your middle class people, your suburban people um, who you know are vaguely related in politics, but they just didn't see a reason to come out and support Jack Conway. So get you have to give them something to get excited about. You got to get the people going as we'll Farrell would say. And Andy Bashir just isn't that. He's just he's boring. And right. I, I I listen, like I said, I give him credit. He is he filed a lawsuit on Monday about the boat like for the you know to, to try and prevent the the labor board from getting any more information about the teachers who called in sick um protesting. Shout out to him. Shout out to him for all the different things he's done um in, in fighting Matt Bevin and a lot of the things I agree with. I just I don't a I don't I don't think that we should have another another political dynasty family in the state I'm tired of that. I think that's I think both in, in there's been other situations where that's definitely um, shown to be an issue. 
and this could, would be a continuation of it. I, despite, you know, I think Andy's done a good job in his office, but I just don't, I don't think we need it in, in the governor's mansion Which yet it, again. I mean, I mean, it, it kind of brings me to my next point that I, I, I thought the, I'll, I have the exact quote, and I'll read it in just a second. But I thought the quote from Adam, Adam Elin following the debate about the whole Boy Scout thing was pretty surprising. I didn't expect that. I don't think Adam Elin really needs to take personal shots to, to overcome and, and to win this election. I really don't think that needs to be a, a message he, he he flips to. I mean, we talked about the internal poll uh, on the last podcast of how it was 10 percentage points um, be, between him and Bashir. And the, the momentum is there. Um, so to, the tactic, I don't think, needs to be changed. But I'll read the quote. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, we'll give you some background after the quote. But the quote was, if the good thing that can come out of this is that the fact that he feels badly about having represented pedophiles in his private practice that I'm glad that he's came around. My regret is that he took the case to begin with. So what this is referring to was Andy Bashir representing the Boy Scouts of America six years ago. And, and now, obviously, over the last uh, probably two years now, that the, the Boy Scouts of America has faced some, some allegations of sex abuse by its leaders. So one thing is... Uh, I get I don't want to go down this path because it's a whole other conversation as we tend to do. But this whole thing about someone representing someone six years ago and now what they're doing being problematic, I I don't know if that's a legitimate I have much of a problem with that. To, to be quite honest with yeah. you. Yeah, um, this is a this it, is a little personal for me. I was yeah. a Boy Scout. Um, so I think um, I, I can understand where Edelin is coming from on this. You know, uh, Bashir represented, uh, you know, but he represented like, a client that was really crappy. But I think a lot of corporate yeah, lawyers will tell you yeah, they represent shitty clients. <laughs> it, it, it's like if a fraternity dude does something stupid at, at a chapter in, in Texas and I tell someone I was in a fraternity and, and they make some crazy like judgment against me. It's it's almost that's that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, that's but, fair. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I just I thought the comment was a little weird. It I, was weird. And I, and it, I think I will say that there wasn't in this recent debate. I did not. He Edelin didn't do that. He chose better to differentiate himself specifically. Um, and he like called out a few times, I believe, or he said, this is where I'm different from anyone. Right, and, that, and that's all he needs to do. No, I could, you know, it, 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 I, I can understand that. And, and one thing I want to ask, like, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, I think we're, we're leaning towards Elon at this point, um, you know, some more than other side. Um, I'm, pre- I'm, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set on Elon at this point. And, and one thing that was said, said tonight really underlined that were, I mean, I'm trying to pull up the quote exactly where it was a question about. I, I can, I can read a quote from the previous debate in the meantime, because I have a money one from him while you're looking for that one that, well, that really I think, stuck with me. Yeah, I have it where he he is asked um, he was asked by like specifically about the Louisville's budget issues. And uh, did he support um, 
does he support the lift, which is like the local option, the local sales tax option um, to increase the sales tax? So like Louisville could maybe be seven um, percent taxes instead of sales tax instead of six percent. That's normal for the state. Kentucky doesn't have that. A lot of states, uh, most states, I believe, have that option for local for cities to have a slightly higher sales tax if they want to raise money for other things. That would be a huge boon for the city. Louisville's uh, great. Craig Fisher has tried it before. I think Jim Gray also helped him mm-hmm. try for it previously. And the mayor of Bowling Green, there was a big effort in it. Uh, it, it failed in the legislature. So anyway, so the question was, was that an E and uh, it was sort of a similar thing of a year where he didn't really answer the question. It took him a while. And then he kind of said, yes, at the end. Yeah. And then Elon said, <laughs> not, he said, yes, like instantly right away. And then he also went on to say, I'm also going to end the war on Louisville that's being waged by Republicans wow, in our that, state that, government. That's, that's and so I'm just like, I was just like it. lighting up the firecrackers in the back. Because, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, which I'm, I'm guessing the people here do, um, you see me, I've used war on Louisville like 10 times. Hashtag war on Louisville. I'm very into underlining that because I genuinely do believe that there is a um, that that some of the legislation, a lot of the legislation that's made is is made against Louisville. And Edelman went on to specifically talk about GCPS. He went on to specifically talk about uh, the budget issues. And and it's pretty clear that he's running as a candidate that really wants to bring out Louisville to the vote, which is, as I just mentioned, the reason why um, we have that Bevan is Louisville didn't show up. Right. <laughs> Louisville and Lexington didn't show up. So I, no, I, that's that kind of underlined everything for me. But I want to hear what you said. I want to hear what, yeah, you, what you saw. These are the type of like money things that he says that is just like very progressive and, and kind of speaks to both of us, I think, in a, in a different way, because it's like, holy shit, this is a guy in Kentucky saying these things. This is awesome to see what happens. Um, but but the quote from the, the previous debate was when he was talking about marijuana decriminalization. And literally a very one sentence quote, and it was, it's dumb, it's expensive, and it's also terribly racist in its application. And I'm just like, my man. Yeah, he said that as well. He said that as well tonight. That's 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 definitely it for me. And I, I, he's run on that pretty hard. And um, I think Bashir's kind of said he's for de- decriminalization, yeah. but is not really like. For some, but, for, but for someone to, 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 to call something like that racist in the state of Kentucky takes a it takes some guts to be totally with you um, and, and B, it's true. I, I, I mean, in, in my experiences and the things that I've seen go on in the city and some of the videos that have came out in the last few months, um, even I, I think it's a, a little hard to say it's not. Um, but I agree. Okay. I completely yeah. agree, man. Yeah, that 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 one spoke to me. Um, I, I did want to I think we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the donations. Uh, the side of it, just mention that a little bit. Do you yeah. Have so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's um, uh, you can read. I think um, I think Insider Louisville probably did the best job um, in, in kind of explaining uh, just just the facts specifically about uh, you know where the money was coming from. The they, there was like a 30 day um, preliminary report came out um, outlining you know who was receiving what money in the race, and Edelin isn't. Um, 
you know, is it making it wasn't receiving a lot of the money and even a, a report I think came out this afternoon um, from Joe Sanka, just looking through it now where some questions are being raised over family and business ties to the campaign. Elon is saying he's not accepting corporate money, which it sounds like is true um, from as, as much as we can see. Um, but um, he's getting a lot of money from his his. Uh, running mate, the, the person on the ticket who is listed for Lieutenant Governor Jill Holland, who uh, is a developer here in Louisville, responsible for a lot of the Nulu stuff. Um, so it seems like he made a, a pretty big contribution to the campaign. That was a, a loan, but not, also not exactly shocking there, not exactly shocking, <laughs> but also um, it's uh, his mother-in-law. His wife is in the Brown family of Brown Foreman. His mother-in-law made a huge contribution, I think like $500,000 to the PAC, the super PAC that's supporting um, Edelin and, and, um, and, and making other, you know, commercials and things like that in relation to, to the campaign. Uh, so you can, they're called Kentuckians for a better future. So you can read that at inside of Louisville. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's not it's not the most uh, it's not the most transparent thing. Uh, I, I I can I can definitely say that, but I I I don't. For me, it doesn't outweigh the the policy. I mean, the legitimate policy things. I mean, I listen. I mean, I mean, the, thing, the, I think the, the story here is that 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 are that you know this dude's the the Brown family as I think that they as they have in other ways is is in other years is making big contribution to a, a, a gubernatorial campaign. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that's necessarily like um, that means there's a, a conspiracy of any sort. But yeah, no, I mean, if you want it, it's, it's he's a, not it, quite it, he's not quite raising the, the small dollar donations that like Bernie Sanders is. No, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a state election in Kentucky. Um, there, there are going to be flaws with all the candidates. Um, so yeah. I th- think some of the ones you'll see with Adam Elon that are a little bit more noticeable are going to be more on the long lines of his running mate than Adam Elon himself. Um, and we will as much as possible try to be as transparent about those things as possible. Um, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. It is, it's a little outbraising, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a state of, it's a state election in the state of Kentucky. So, um, these are things that happen and will always happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's be clear that, you know, um, the the pack thing like the the super packs align like that's that's unfortunately how things just happen they, things work in terms of there's always going to be super packs and they quote unquote can't help um can't help uh, do any kind of strategy but they all do i think there's even been some things that um you know, you know the Rocky Atkins has it potentially is going to have some ads being done by a labor union super PACs, which is, um, you know, he's, he's got the minor support, which is, we which should, is I mean, we should mention Rocky Atkins. Do you have any new, I, mean, I hate to put you on the spot cause I really got nothing for you, but no, man, I think, I think the, the issue with Rocky Atkins is that, um, he is, uh, you know, he's pretty conservative in some of his social views. Feels like and, a Republican dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but he's, but the thing about him, Chris, and I, and I mentioned it last time, he's just wildly popular out east. And I think, I think if you want, if you want a candidate that legitimately will have Republicans vote for them, that's your guy. Yeah. 
That's your guy. And and if and I listen, if you he's he kind of reminds like this isn't a, a perfect comparison by any means, but he sort of is the the Joe Biden of this race for me. So do you think I wanted to talk a little bit about like what Matt Biven could do to win? Because uh, we just saw something come out. Um, uh, damn it. I can't remember who it's from. It, it's the same. They've been releasing the the popular governors and the least popular governors over uh, the last Morning consult. Morning consult. And yeah, once again, Matt Bevan is the least popular governor in the United States of America. Surprise. But do you think that that Matt Bevan would want to see Adam Elin or, or, or Rocky Atkins more as, as his opponent? Um, I think uh, I, I do want to point out a tweet that I saw that kind of is right on this. Jason Neems, who um, is a legislator, represents... He represents uh, Eastern Jefferson County and also a lot of Oldham County. He's a Republican, but is the guy who is on heavily on board with um, gambling and and um, uh, medicinal marijuana, not recreational. Excuse me. Um, so he's you know he's pretty he's socially not as conservative. Uh, he tweeted. That, that, he tweeted that's a tonight, guy that that's a guy that would vote for Rocky Atkins. That's a guy who would vote vote for Rocky Atkins. He tweeted, and I'm 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 literally I'm going to copy this just so I don't I, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm I'm like making this up. Uh, but he tweeted every Republican I know is cheering for Bashir for whatever that's worth. So I take that with what you I think I think that's what Bevan wants, because I think Bevan wants it, the race to be sort of what it is for for Conway what it was when he faced off against Conway, that it's not a very exciting candidate. I think there's I don't necessarily think if if Bashir wins that it's a it's it means that um, that Bevan is going to win. I don't think that those things are intrinsic intrinsically linked. Um, but to answer your question initially, Chris, I think. He can start to not sound as crazy, maybe apologize for things he said about teachers, maybe not be as mean um, to teachers. I think he can also talk specifically about, um, you know, about some of the social things that he he's about. If he makes this campaign about let, let's be clear, like not to sound like a person who's on CNN or NBC. But if Matt Bevan and if the if the governor's race is about um, social issues, then Matt Bevan will win. If the governor's race is about teachers and education, then Matt Bevan will lose. So it's whoever can make it about that. It's it's been interesting that and it'll be interesting to to kind of go forward what the what the hot button issues will be, Um, because in both of the debates, you've seen the the pension question come up very frequently and very early. And I and I think regardless who the candidate is. Um, on the Democratic side, that is going to be a job for them is to keeping that message in the front of voters' minds it is pension, 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 teachers, teachers, teachers. You, I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the pivot is from Matt Bevan. He wants to make it about health care. Um, I, I know a few months before the election, there were comments from him about how he would sign a medical marijuana bill. Um, I think a good pivot for him would be to talk about how he's worked with Mitch McConnell, although he hasn't, but how he's worked with Mitch McConnell to get the hit bill passed, because that was a very successful 
nonsensical thing to pass, but it, it, it's created some jobs in the state of Kentucky. Right. Um, so so to mention things like that um, would be a, a good pivot from them, but it would be the job of Democrats to keep the message being pension and teachers. Um, be, because if, if that stays, if that message continues, I, I, I just don't see, I mean... The Andy Bashir thing is interesting to me because I, I, I think I'm a little bit more weary of that than you. I, I think there's a very, very significant scenario to where Andy Bashir could be elected. No one's excited. Once again, you see 30, 35 percent of the voters come out, which would be more than the previous election. But you see Matt Bevan win by a slim margin. I think Adam Elon or even Rocky Atkins wins. I You'll see more of a voter turnout than that. That's fair. I think I, 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 that's my, I agree. I don't necessarily think I, I think the teachers as, as we, as we've talked about are the most important thing. And, you know, I don't have the, you know, the, the stats in front of me, but my understanding is that, excuse me, is that there was that there was a huge increase in votes for Democratic candidates across the board um, in, in the 2018 election, like even Louisville right. that had a, um, they had a, a a congressional race that was not, you know, it was not a a close race, right? I mean, I mean the the Amy McGrath thing's the perfect illustration. Even though she didn't win, win to kind of uh, as close as that race was uh, <coughs> was was a perfect illustration of what. You're no, saying. I, and yeah. I think I think my point is that across the state, more Democrats showed up, even in safe Democrat districts. Yeah, like Louisville's midterm. Um, election turnout i don't have the, like the numbers ahead of me like in initially like they they um they were higher in 2018 than they were in 2014 right um so and i think that bodes poorly for matt bevan um in this next you know um in in this next election i honestly i i think i'm gonna i'll i'll you know put the stats together for um you know just sort of counting all together, all of the, uh, all the congressional races. And I think you can, you can get a good idea that way of, um, of how, how increased, you know, the attention will be, um, from, from Democrats. And I think educators are going to, are, are, as long as like this kind of keeps up and this is in their minds, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I think, um, you know, summer's coming up and, and people will, will organize themselves. Um, yeah. But teachers are are hopping mad. And one thing I didn't realize, it, it took me a little bit to realize, is that in a lot of communities, and, and I know, Chris, you can speak to it, not necessarily being from Louisville um, originally, in a lot of these communities, especially in eastern Kentucky, um, the teachers are the leaders. And even Rocky Atkins talked no, about this. His, his, he was a teacher and his parents were teachers. They are, they are the, you know, they, you've got a doctor in the, a few doctors, a few lawyers, and then you got the teachers and the teachers are on that same level in terms of knowing people and being able to have, you know, not necessarily power, but they, they have recognizability and they can go to someone and be like, you know, I, the we've been wronged, and and they have more Facebook friends. You know, no, that's, that's the dynamic that's like hella interesting to me. Um, is to see if the the whole teacher thing in a small town is worth more than a, a, a guy who says he's against abortion in a small town. 
because I, I yeah. think the, those things are big, man. Um, and, and even with a guy that's unpopular as Matt Bevan, I, I think those are still so strong. Um, uh, this is kind of off base because I, I think we're kind of running out of things to say at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm just seeing a link here from the Hill that says McConnell's approval rating in Kentucky is at 18%. Um, I, I'm not huh. sure. I'm not sure where this is from. This is from the Hill, so this is a little bit. Well, of I a, think it's. I think it's. The and, same, I think it's the same morning consult thing. Okay, so I mean, the the Hill and, and full transparency is a little bit leans on the liberal side. Let's be a little bit honest here. Um, oh yeah, it is a public policy poll. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily say the link here. Um, so. Duh, 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 duh. The tweet was from Joy Reid, um, and it, it seems like it was just it was conducted um, on August 15th and 16th, and it was 645 Kentucky voters. So not a not a huge um, huge um, line of people there, but yeah, um, something interesting to know. No, definitely. I just did the math really quick of the so people you know i just counted the i just counted the uh, congressional races so there were 900 and um hold on i got one of these no no yeah 935,000 votes for republicans in 2018 and 612,000 votes for Democrats. So it's a pretty big difference. So that was not a good point by yeah. me to mention. Um, no, we're doing math on the fly. We're doing math on the fly. That's why like, I didn't talk for 30 seconds. I was like, I'm going to do this math real quick, but it wasn't very good math. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. No, I mean, the overall point of the things we're saying is that at this point in time, in 2019, Republicans have really never been as unpopular as they have in the state of Kentucky than they are now. I can't remember a time that they have been. And the, 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 that's kind of why both of these elections are so significant, because it doesn't it feels like if Democrats do not seize this moment now, that the lights are going to be off in the state of Kentucky for a little while. Right. It's like it's like if not now, then when will it be? Yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I, I think, think that, uh, that, that's how it feels for me. I'm not a historian, but I, I know since at least I've been able to vote. So it's, you know, 10, 11 years. It, it, there hasn't been a moment like this. I, I don't think I could say it any better. I don't think I could say it any better. And I think it's it would be a, um, these next two elections, if, if Democrats can't get, I mean, I think they should be able to get both of them. I don't know. I think yeah. McConnell's much harder, but you, you got to get, get this year. Yeah. You, you have to get one of them. You have to get one of them. Um, and with that, I think, you know, do we want to close this thing out? Oh, no, we want to talk really quick. We have to mention. We have to mention Jack Harlow, and Jack Bryce Harlow and Bryson Tiller. Uh, Jack Harlow was the the headliner, I guess, per se, um, at the Kentucky Derby Festival's concert series. And then so Saturday night he played looked like a massive crowd. Which yeah. is awesome because I mean I guess it's what you know it's five dollars to get in if if which is well, the admission. Is. So I did find out like a little like side note to this the the first couple rows so the ones that were I mean completely filled I guess the three or four front rows it was actually twenty dollars for like VIP seating. Oh wow! And, and they were still I mean completely filled. So and then beyond that, yes, it was it was Pegasus Pin uh, entry. So, yeah. yeah, it looked like it was like 10, maybe 20,000 people. I look at the picture now, you know, and um, 
that's that's awesome and and so so harlow comes out plays um plays the songs and then brings out tiller and tiller does exchange he does 502 come up and i saw all the instagrams i was i was jelly i had some phone while i wasn't there um but they said they're working on something man dude i love it so i love it you know I mean, no, it was it was just beautiful to see like that literal moment of like the crowd calling repeat of 502 come up was like one of the greatest things ever because it just felt like a combination of like the last like couple years of artists from Louisville kind of blowing up. It's we're going to eventually get to it at some point where we have like kind of a musical episode and we we talk a little bit more in depth and we have a few interviews because this is what we do. We we've we've dragged our feet a little bit on this stuff, but I promise you, at some point, um, it, it'll be it'll be coming. Um, every week sneaks up on you, um, and, and then things like this happen. But yeah, uh, this is this is some stuff that we're gonna be talking about. But man, that just just seeing that kind of happen on stage is is just beautiful, and it's a testament to. I, I don't think people really realize how big the the hip hop community in Louisville has has grown as a result yeah. of just guys that have kind of blown up and and kind of the yeah. little subgroups they've created. Yeah, and I've had I've had people like tell me is like is Harlow legit? Like, listen, man, you don't <laughs> you don't make Governor's Ball, you don't make Bonnaroo, you don't <laughs> yeah. make oh, you don't make that stuff without uh, you know without. I- without being legit without having you know good backing and 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 some heat behind you so that's yeah he, he's definitely legit and yeah is he a you know first second third tier rapper no but, <laughs> but no i mean like, like you said no on instagram the dude's at a new festival every freaking it seems like he, he was, was in montana he like almost headlined a montana festival like yeah. he was like second tier yeah. that's awesome yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, shout to Harlow, shout to Tiller. Um, that was amazing, and I'm looking forward to whatever's coming next. Um, I do want to get though before we sign off here. I do want to get your take on mint juleps because I don't know if I've ever got you on the record. Oh man, mint I'm juleps. a huge mint julep guy. Okay, I'm. Are you are you anti pro or anti? No, I, I, I'm all team mint julep, but people do not understand that if you go to the track and you get a mint julep on Derby Day, it is not going to be the mint no. julep that you need to have. It's not the mint julep you need to have. So I, I went to I went to the night races. Um, right. I guess it was Saturday. Um, yeah. And they actually had a Bryson Tiller race there. It's funny because they had the, the second race was actually named after him. Which yeah, is I saw that. I saw that. See Churchill Downs do that. But I had a few mint juleps, and they are they were delicious. They were great. And I'm just sitting there thinking, it's like if you get this same mint julep a week later, and like the crowd of a bunch of sweaty, drunk, obnoxious nuts people, it, it is not going to be nearly the same quality. Um, so you got to yeah. watch the person put it together. If you saw the person make them in julep and front of you then you can feel good about it you can feel right. decently good and yeah, uh, that's and the mix is i think the newer mix isn't bad i think what is it, old forester now i think it's a lot better than the early time mix that they used to have but the if best you can is a woodford man just, just if you can make yourself a woodford i'm i'm, a, I'm also a buffalo trace fan for the mint julep i think is good um if you can sit down have the right ice 
muddle the mint yourself. I'm actually not a muddle guy. I'm a smack it. I'm a smack <laughs> the mint guy. I'm a that. I'm that guy. I'm, I care about that. If you've got real simple syrup, if you've got real crushed ice, and you pour that the tiny, tiny little bit of uh, of club soda. It yep. is, uh, and the bourbon, of course, it is perfection. And I will be having a few on Saturday. <laughs> I think we all will be. I will be in Asheville. I will be watching from afar. Um, I will get made fun of for a second year in a row. But, but, <laughs> but hopefully the result will be exactly like it was last year when um, uh did pretty well. You cash a good chicken. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Good luck to you on 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 Tacitus. I'm gonna get in on Tacitus a little bit, but uh, I, I hope I hope you're 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 you become a, a tout this week for that. Um, so do you, you know. do you have a do you have a final derby pick so we can get it on the record here? And subject to change. Um, subject our, to check, change. Check our, check our Twitter feeds for for the final picks. Just, let me get him. Me, let me get him. Probable. Improbable. Okay. Improbable. Cool. All right. And you got a second place or are you just going to go with him? Yeah, I'm just going to go with him. <laughs> the war of will second place go, coming in from the one. <laughs> there you go. And I, and I, and I have had this. I will, we'll stick by that. If we see some rain, I, I'll probably default to, um, it might be roadster. Um, but we'll see That's a, that's going to change a lot of things. So here's to no rain and he, here's to just, um, what we deserve. How about that? For sure. For sure. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for everyone for listening in to this long. This is a long one. Appreciate it. If you're still here, uh, we will see you next time. Uh, take care guys.